Women Checker. Hello, I am Samsara and you are listening to Emerald Hill Coffee Palace. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge this podcast is created in Australia across the lands of the Aboriginal people. We are honoured to be sharing our storytelling here. Emerald Hill Coffee Palace is a collection of creative writings and performances inspired by the history of the iconic temperance hall in Napier Street, South Melbourne. Along with the rise of the temperance movement in the late 19th century, Melbourne became host to an array of glorious coffee palaces, hotels which did not provide alcoholic beverages. This podcast collection is a menu of coffee choices. Choose your favourite brew and sip away to the sounds of history. Have a laugh, have a cry, sing along and let your imagination fly. Today you have selected the espresso. This docudrama is a reimagining of the writings of Captain Murray, who led the first English ship exploration which sailed into Port Phillip Bay, in which Emerald Hill is located, on the Lady Nelson. In a search for fresh water, the crew encountered the Boonwurrung people, and a trade of sorts ensued. I will leave you to decide who were the ones dealing in bad faith. having spent three more days at anchor than they intended, and finally finding some wind to fill their sails, Captain Murray was able to flee the terrifying island they had been trapped aside and made their way to the unexplored harbour Captain Grant had discovered on his previous journey and named Port Phillip. Captain's Log, Sunday the 14th of February, in the year 1802, Anno Domini. Tis the day of St. Valentine. Though this far away from civilization, you would never notice. This wretched continent feeleth like an antipodean heart of darkness. Having fled from that haunted island of what we hope was thunder and endless calm which prevented our escape. Ah, I cannot say that which prevented our onward travels. We steer now into that promising new harbour noted on the last tour. To me it feeleth to be a Xanadu, sitting alone in an endless plain of harsh brush, unlit fires and empty huts. We knoweth the natives are out there, waiting for us, watching us, yet with nary a hint of when or where they shall reveal themselves. We have voyaged beyond Grant's Point, and this virgin port looketh rich and enticing. We need water, desperately, and I believeth any boat will fill here, indeed. Mr. Bowen, we'll set anchor in this bay tonight, my lad. Aye, aye, Captain. But we'd better watch with the sandbar stretching across the... Ah, don't pay too much mind, number one. This is a strong tide, and the wind is in, so I can we'll be fine. The Lady Nelson is as tough as old Nessie besides. Aye, sir, so she is, Captain. I reckon there may be rocks or shoals we don't see, though. It's not the terrain we need fear, Lieutenant. It's those bloody black ghosts, eh? Aye, sir. Can't say out to that, sir. Drop the anchor, lad. Two shots. But keep the mains unfurled. I want to be able to move at a moment's notice. If you catch my drift, I'll not have us trapped like we were at that accursed island. Aye, sir. Two shots. Sails unfurled. Good, lad. 
let the men fish and give them an extra ration of rum. Tis the feast of St. Valentine tonight. Aye, sir. Extra rum. Thank you, Captain. Captain's Log, Monday the 15th of February in the year 1802, Anno Domini. The lady maketh her way slowly, slowly up the harbour. Tis a bold high land, nestled in a noble harbour indeed. Not clothed in harsh brush like that more western port, this land featureth stout trees of numerous species. It occurreth to me that the area has the visage of our own Greenwich Park, In the distance, twenty or so miles away, in my estimation, there lieth the mountain range. There is one of particular note, which is larger than the rest. I hereby name it Arthur's Seat, as it bringeth to mind one such large tour near Edinburgh. I find these surroundings comforting after the strangeness we have recently endured. We really must findeth fresh water, though. There was none on that damnable island to be found, and we are running low. Mr. Bowen! Aye, Captain. Mr. Bowen, gather in the way party. I see a small isle across the way, with what looks like swans and pelicans. We shall feast on fell tonight. Aye, Captain. Meanwhile... I shall head ashore and check out the lay of the land. See what is to be revealed, eh? Aye, Captain. How many guns will you need? Ah, I kinda won't be needing a guard, my boy. I see no people of fires. This land truly is as deserted as the king has decreed. If you say so, sir. I do. Listen and learn, number one. I shall call this paradise Port King. After King George, then? No, you fool. I name it after the right honourable Governor P.J. King, under whose orders we serve. Sir? Learn this lesson, young man. Flatter your superiors, and promotion will be yours. Name geography after them, and your career is guaranteed. Aye, Captain. Uh, Thank you, Captain. Now set me on a boat with a man and a gun, and then go about your orders. You said you didn't need a gun, sir. Don't be a stupid lad. I wouldn't have set my big toe in this hellish land without some protection. Use your brains, boy. Hi, Captain. Sorry, sir. Right away, sir. Bowen's not the yellowest daisy in the dale, but he has potential, I can. He's a good first mate, and it will not be long before his name endures after myself. Pull the kids up here on the shoreline, Mr. Robin. We don't want it floating off with the tide in a stranded air. Then grab your gun and follow me. Aye, sir. It won't take a moment, Captain. Good, good. Get on with it then. I'll study the shoreline while you work, and then we shall head inland. There seems to be an uncommon number of excellent shells in these sands. There must be water here somewhere I can. Aye, sir! Aye! Are you done yet? I'll just grab me rifle, sir. All right, then. Let's get going. 
It looks like the trees are placed wide, with no scratchy brush to interrupt our march, eh? The soil looks good too. Fine for planting, I can. What do you say, Mr. Brahman? If you say so, sir, I've not much farming to me belt, but if I was thinking of lifting a hoe, I'd swing it here, I reckon. Aye, lad. Indeed you would. Wait, what's this? It looks like cleared land, I can. Aye, sir. A copse it is. If I didn't can better, I would have think it had been burnt for clearing. See the fresh grass a-growing? <laughs> Aye, sir. That is what it looks like, Captain. Can I be, of course. These hoodin' tots cannot possibly have the skills or thinking for proper land maintenance. There must be a blaze of nature which occurred in this place. Ooh, fires don't usually burn in a perfect circle, Captain. And they don't usually clear the dead tree stumps neither, sir. Ah, are you questioning my assessment, sailor? No, sir, no, sir. Just saying, in my experience, first don't clear so well on their Pat Malone, sir. Stop talking nonsense, boy. The natives are smart enough to... Wait. Shh. Do you see that? See what, sir? There! To the west! Huts! There are natives about! Let's get back to our lady post-haste! Aye, sir! Lead the way, Captain, and I will guard your ear. Good lads! Mr. Bowen! I got him. I want a third watch tonight. Those accursed natives have a settlement along these shores. We are too far in. I cannot trust they won't come upon us during the night. As soon as we're asleep, no doubt. I haven't seen any canoes or lights, sir. Ah, just get it done, Lieutenant. Huh? I got him. How did you fare with the search for food and water then? Uh, we shot us a nice couple of swans and forage some rockfish for dinner, sir. Uh, there was no fresh water to be found on that isle, Captain. No surprise there, I can. There must be fresh water near the beach, though. Or those Hottentots couldn't have settled here. We'll need to devise a way to get the information out of them without starting a full-blown pagger. Sir? Fight, Mr. Bowen. A pagger is a fight. Uh, might I suggest trade, Captain? Trade? What could they possibly have? That we'd be a wanton lad. Uh, me cousin who sailed to the Africas told me native spears and such fetch a grand prize from the museums in old London town, sir. Hmm. Good point, number one. We could gather a mighty stash for the motherland. And some good coin for us, too. Indeed, Lieutenant, indeed. It may also have the added benefit of disarming the local hordes, too. It must take a lot of time and effort to handcraft their arsenal. It stands to reason there cannot be such a huge number of them, and they would take time to replace. Indeed, Captain, indeed. Ah, impertinent young laddie. Get out. Aye, sir.
Vlog, Tuesday the 16th of February, in the year 1802, Anno Domini. I wenteth for another walk today, with a rifleman, of course. I'll never trust those black bastards. Ach, no, that won't do. This is for king and country, remember, Murray. I don't trust the natives yet. The more we explore, the more I feeleth at home in the great heaving bosom of Mother England. Today I felteth I was traversing Blackheath in the park, without the houses and gardens, of course. The hills and valleys of these beauteous lands riseth with elegance. Unfortunately, we have still been unable to findeth fresh water. Soareth the native fire in the night, and today there are a small group of native men seated along the shoreline watching us. I have decided to attempteth local trade, and am sending first officer Mr. Bowen, along with four other men, to trade shirts and trinkets. And some of that moldy bread. <laughs> the men were eager to hand that over indeed. In return, we shall ask if only for information regarding the whereabouts of fresh water to stay alive. Beth. I have clearly instructed the men to deal fairly and honestly with the natives during these negotiations. God save the king. The next morning, a group of local natives, Boonwarang men, were seen sitting in a line along the shore. Captain Murray hastened to enact his plan. Captain, sir, these shirts are torn and shorn. Won't be worth much to trade, I reckon. Nonsense, man! These are made of fine English linen. And these barbarians kinda know those holes aren't the fashion of the day. You will, of course, demonstrate how to wear them. Make out as though they are more precious than gold. I don't think they're gonna think much of this picture either, Captain. Mr. Bowen, you do realize I painted that myself on the voyage thus far? No, sure, but what a fine watercolor it is, Captain. Uh, better than a Leonard da Vinci, uh, I can see that, sure. I, I just don't know if they can uh, uh, appreciate such a fine example of high art, is all I'm saying. Of course they cannot appreciate it, lad. But we do, don't we, Lieutenant? And if we do, we can make them understand its value. Can't we, Lieutenant? Oh, yes, sir. I see, sir. Good. Now remember, we want their weapons, all sorts, and the location of fresh water. Aye, sir. Uh, Captain, wouldn't if they want to trade us uh, like for like? In what sense, number one? In the sense of a spear for a gun, sir. Under absolutely no circumstances are you or any of the men to give these barbarians a gun. Do you understand me, Lieutenant? Aye, sir, but what if they insist? Well, they have never seen us before. They won't know what a gun is. What if they do know? I heard rumours and such. Ah, you are assuming a level of sophistication in communications for these natives that their intellect is unequal to, Mr. Bowen. If you say so, sir. All right. Tell them. Tell them the rifles are walking sticks. 
They're gullible and will believe whatever we say. We know that from the settlements near New Albion. I mean, Sydney. Aye, sir, you know best. Of course you are right, Captain. They'll never know difference if we play our cards right. Good lad. The men of the Lady Nelson did their best to communicate, but with little skill. It is something of a surprise that they were able to engage productively at all, but they did. Uh, uh, Ahoy there, me mateys! Uh, We come in peace! Mr. Bowen, I don't understand what he's saying. Do you? Not a clue, lad, but uh, we have to keep trying. Uh. You, man, uh, we have come to trade. Uh, we make trade here. Shirts for spears. What did he say? Pointing to our rifles, he wants one. Lean on it as if you need to walk. Uh, no, you, you can't have stick. Uh, no, no, see? Just for walking. Painting for spears, see? Painting, good. Uh, yes, yes, uh, your axe for one shirt. Good lad. Here, let me put it on you. Uh, show you how to wear it, eh? Uh, but wait, uh, this here shirt's expensive, my boy. Made from the finest cloth, uh, delicate. Uh, how about you... Give me your spear, too, for this painting. He's going for it, sir. He's going for it. Indeed, Mr. Brabham, indeed. Uh, uh, There you go, good man. Now show to your buddies how good you look. Then they'll all want one. Well, Mr. Bowen, how did it go? Oh, well, indeed, Captain Murray. Uh, we got their spears, uh, surprisingly well-woven bars. Good, that's quality work there, sir. Uh, stone axe and these here possum cloaks. All that for just a few worn shirts. Oh, and your painting, sir. Ah, that's what got to the hall, I can. I told you it was of great value. Uh, if you say so, sir. And water. Did you find the location of fresh water? Ah, oh, Sorry, sir. No, sir. Ah, what good are you, man? That was your main task, you fool. Sir, none of us speak the language, sir. We spent most of the time just working out how to communicate, sir. I'll no be having excuses, Lieutenant. You'll go again tomorrow. Give him more shirts. It makes them easier to see in the landscape, I noted. Hell, give him your dax if that'll lead us to water, eh? Yes, sir. Did they ask about the rifles? Uh, we told them they were walking sticks, sir. Just like you said, uh, I don't think they believed us, though. Ah, of course they did, man. They cannot can anything different, eh? If you say so, sir. I do. Well, better luck tomorrow, eh? And you better not come back without knowing where the fresh water is. You hear, number one? Aye, aye, Captain. Right then. Oh, hey. What about women? Did you see any? The men could use a bit of R&R if you know what I'm saying. 
they'll take their minds off the water situation and they got a bit antsy at the Valentine's feast on Sunday night. Ah, uh, sadly we didn't see any dames, Captain. Uh, not a titty or twat in sight. Ah, I hate this country. Aye, sir. This Wednesday, the 17th of February, in the year 1802, Anno Domini. The weather is good today, but I fear if no good will come out of it. A bunch of natives are again sitting on the shore, this time in a circle for some reason. I have senteth Mr. Bowen in again to continue our negotiations for the location of fresh water. We senteth more shirts and precious bread. The men won't eat any more anyway. This bunch of natives seemeth cleverer than those previously encountered there, so the outcome is not ensured. On the following day, the Boonwurrung were once again on the shore. This time they sat in a circle. Once again, the crew of the Lady Nelson set ashore to continue their negotiations. Ahoy there, me mateys. Uh, we are back to trade some more. Uh, we bring more shirts. Shirts, eh? don't mind that he's wearing my shirt, Lieutenant, but I think he's asking for my pants too. That's a bit rich, don't you think? This is not what I signed up for when I came on board the Nelson. Starkers on an unknown beach, laughed at by the natives. Hey, look there, he wants our shoes too. Well, we look a bit stupid with our shoes on while we start naked, don't we? Give them over if they want them. We need to find fresh water. That's more important than our dignity, Mr. Brabant. He's trying to get my gun, sir. Hold on for dear life, Mr. Brabant, or it may just cost you that. He's not giving me much choice, sir. I'm sorry, sir. It went off accidentally. Too late for sorry, lad. Shoot the gun. Let's get the hell out of here. Captain's log, continued. We set at sail immediately upon return of the catch. We saw the natives running through the trees, following us at tremendous speed. The white shirts fluttered, making them look like great white birds in flight. At least two of their cohort are lost, and several wounded, we estimate. Our loss of Mr. Moss is felt keenly. Sadly, we still do not knoweth where to find fresh water, 
and only came away with a few spears and baskets after today's debacle. I clearly instructed my men to deal in good faith all the while, and thus did this treachery and unprovoked attack meet you with just punishment. They have no canoes, from what we have seen, no? So I presume they will not come after us on the water. If we may judge from the number of their fires and other marks, this country is not thin on inhabitants. Ah, so much for Terra Nolius. Here endeth an account of the first encounter with the Bunurang in Port Philip Harbour. Terribilius was written by Samsara and is based on the logbook entries of Captain Murray. It is performed by Daniel Brescia, Scott Knight, Damien Valletta and Samsara. The podcast theme music is by Embryo. We use free sound for effects and would like to acknowledge the following. Stormy Sea by Des Durr, Wind Synthesized A by Inspector J, Creaky Sailboat by Jim Sim, Kookaburra by Pocket and Ditch 3 Sample by C. Meeson. Emerald Hill Coffee Palace is available free on all good podcatchers. The Emerald Hill Coffee Palace project is supported by the City of Port Phillip and Arts Access Victoria Thrive Creative Grants for deaf and disabled artists. There are five other coffees to enjoy during our next coffee break. If you want a bit of a laugh, I recommend the frappe or the mocha. If you're in a more serious kind of mood, you could order the flat white. And if you're looking for something for the kids, try our baby chino. Are you feeling lyrical? Then why not have a long black? Your next order is ready to be served.